Others are very sick. Uh, I know that there's Robin had a tremendous headache this morning. Um, Lisa's not feeling well. There's others that are struggling in their health. But I believe that I told the team downstairs that God gave me a word this morning. And when I say a word, it's a word. It's one word. If you'll look at the screen, that title of the message this morning is Refreshed. I'm just talking to so many people that need refreshed. If that's you, nod your head, punch your neighbor, say man or oh me, just make sure that uh, you want some of it, reach out and grab it. I'd like to be refreshed this morning, amen? I, would, I want renewed. A lot of times when we talk, uh, when we've in Christendom, especially in America, when we've talked about refreshed or renewed or revived, there's a, there's a hype around the, or a sense about revival. And it's usually condemning people that haven't done enough uh, that need to get spiritually motivated again so that they begin to redouble their efforts of reading and praying and witnessing and attending church. And I see some heads nodding that you've heard that kind of preaching. And, and it's not wrong preaching. It's incomplete preaching. And it's coming from a revelation that puts God in a place that He is expecting you to do certain things before He pours anything out on you. Um, we receive a lot of theology down through the years in our culture uh, from music. The songs that we have sung in church have predominantly given us doctrine over messages that have been preached. If I would have Hank or Jennifer to come and sing or play and they began to sing an old hymn from, let's say, the early 1900s that is very familiar in the church, I know that at the Thanksgiving service for the community, uh, they sang hymns that I remember. Did, I haven't sung them since I was 9 or 10 years old, but as soon as I heard the first chord of the first note, I knew every word of all the hymns. But I couldn't tell you 10 of the messages that I've had preached, I've heard preached word for word. But I can remember songs. And so songs have set the precedent for doctrine and theology. And a lot of times, this is a side note before I get into the message, a lot of times songs have come out of moves of God. Brownsville Revival, uh, Azuzu Street, great songs of the church have come out of the moves of God that we have labeled and tagged as revival. I've been in that. I've lived through that. Uh, I have friends that are still in that mindset, and I, I don't condemn them at all. Because I once was there, and they're, they're, they're at a point in their journey that they haven't received certain things. What I would be very cautious, and this is for all of our internet, uh, do you know that we have uh, viewers that watch Grace Life on a weekly basis to get ammunition to try to, uh, every week, tear down what we're trying to preach? And that's Okay. They're at a certain revelation, but what we have to understand is in no point should we ever, unless it gets away from Jesus, should we ever tear down anything that anybody else is preaching because they just may not, and especially don't say that it's wrong or that the one sharing it is a false prophet. 
There's, there's a lot of things that I don't agree with from my very own friends, but I would never call them false prophets or that they're preaching false doctrine. They're just preaching from a revelation that they have that eight or nine years ago, I was preaching the same thing from that revelation. And it's just incomplete. I might preach things differently two years from now than I'm preaching right now as God begins to manifest and unfold himself into him because he's manifold. He's many dimensions and colors to God. Uh, and, 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 you know, I, I, I'm just getting this much of it. And I always use the illustration that when the children of Israel came out of Egypt and they were headed towards the Red Sea, that there were, some scholars say, close to 6 million Jews coming out of Egypt with the wealth of Egypt on their back in one night. But they came to an uncrossable Red Sea. And the Bible specifically says that there were five abreast. So that means they were only five wide, six million deep. Can you imagine how long that line is? Do you realize and understand that those that were in the back of the line did not see the Red Sea crawl part? But the ones that were standing in the front of the line began to shout and holler and praise God because they saw the Red Sea part. But those in the back were feeling the snot of the uh, horses of the armies of Egypt coming to take them back. And those in the middle are hearing the cries of help from the back and the shouts of joy from the ones in the front. They're all on the same journey headed towards the same destination, but they were at different points and junctures seeing different revelations and understandings. And so when we have that, please don't take away from today that I am downplaying what some would call revival. I just have a different perspective now that puts me in a position where when I am refreshed and revived, it's not for me to redouble my efforts and get a new awakening so that I can do more for God. It's coming awake to what he has already done in my life that puts me in a position of rest where I can take a deep breath and understand, my God, he is really good. And then move forward, and I believe that you'll see this in the message today, because we need refreshed. Everything experiences wear and tear. The tires on your car, your, the roof on your house, your body. <laughs> Everything experiences wear and tear. Uh, and over time, it's going to need some type of repair, refreshing, renewing, um, updating. So I would ask you to think about and, and use your imagination. What, a, what refreshes you? Does a cool glass of water on a hot day refresh you? Does a cup of hot chocolate refresh you on a cold day? Does a nap refresh you? Does a long walk refresh you? Does boxing fit refresh you? Um, talking to a friend. There are many things that could bring refreshing to those who feel depleted. Uh, some have experienced loss. If we look back over the last 15 to 18 months where all that we have basically heard about is a pandemic and a crisis that is hitting us and all that has been um, attached to that that's caused us to lose wages, it's caused us to lose time and energy, it's caused some to lose stability. I read an article in the Charleston Gazette this week that there, the number of opioid overdoses in West Virginia increased and almost doubled during 2020. 
We had seen a trend downward over the past five years, but it spiked in 2020. Why? Because people were losing stability in their lives. You would have thought that people uh, would have gained more stability with stimulus checks and uh, what was it, unemployment checks and all of these types of things, but it didn't cause an invigoration or refreshment. It caused a panic. It is still continuing to cause some to lose their joy, uh, to lose their hope, and to lose their peace. These, these losses then translate into people being less productive. Uh, it's translated into it becoming more difficult to hear the voice of the Lord because we've got so many voices screaming at us about what we should do with our health, what we should do with our finances, what we should do with our children, how we should travel, how we should not travel, how we should gather and not gather. And so people, it's very difficult now because we've got so many voices that we have become, it's become difficult for us to hear uh, the voice of the Lord. Some are feeling stress. Let me tell you what stress is. Are you ready? Stress alludes to the tension levels that we experience while doing life. What are the tensions? Now, there is a healthy tension that we need that pulls us. But when those levels become increased, then those tensions become unhealthy, and it's like a rubber band. Then the more that it's stretched, it eventually is going to break. We're overwhelmed and sometimes finding it difficult to cope mentally and emotionally. I cannot tell you how many people week in and week out, whether they call Grace Life Church their home or we meet them in a grocery store for the very first time, are emotionally and mentally exhausted. And they're overwhelmed to the point that they're not coping. And so they turn to other coping mechanisms that turn into addictions and habits that are unhealthy mentally, physically, and emotionally for us. I would uh, speak the word, and I would uh, hope that you would echo it with me this morning. We need refreshed. Let's, but in order to look at what refreshing is, let's go to some basics. Okay, I have to go back to a few basics and remind ourselves of a few basics. Number one, the Bible is not about what God, what you can do for God to earn something from Him. First and foremost, the Bible is not an instruction manual of what you need to do to get something from God. The Bible, however, is a book of what God has already done for you. If you look at the Old Testament, it's basically a history of the people of Israel and what God did for them. When you look at the New Covenant, it's what God has done for the whole world through Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary, is it not? So everything before the cross points to the cross and everything after the cross points back to the cross. And Paul says, I glory in nothing save the cross of Christ and Him crucified. Oh, i got cold chills all over me. But the books are not, it's not an instruction manual to tell you what you have to do to earn something from God. Does it give instructions? It absolutely does. It tells us how we should live in light of what God has already done for us. Don't get the cart before the horse. And the Bible is a beautiful story that points to a beautiful Jesus 
who's offering us his life in abundance as we walk through this life. If the book is about going to heaven, then when you believe, you should die and just go on to heaven so that you don't have to face the hell on earth and the pitfalls and the traps and the misunderstanding. If that's the ultimate goal, is to die and go to heaven, why don't we just die when people believe? Pray this prayer with me so you can die and go to heaven. Help me, Jesus. Personally, this is just me, okay? And what I want to portray from this pulpit is that I don't ever want to stick my finger in someone's face and tell them that they're going to hell. That's just not where I'm at. Because whether you believe it or not, most people already know that. And what they don't know is that God is real, real good. And Jesus came to show us who that real, real good father was and that he's literally offering you an abundant life here on the planet as you walk through life. That doesn't mean you don't have trials, battles, and situations, but it does mean that you will make it because he's with you. We need refreshed. In a nutshell, man, mankind has basically lived this lifestyle that tends to lead towards stress, anxiety, and worry. Uh, that leads to frustration. As a whole, do you think that uh, Adam ended up with anxiety and stress and frustration because he tried to live his own life? And oftentimes, we need refreshed in life. So the word refreshed means to regain strength or energy. If you just look at a basic definition, to be refreshed means to regain strength and energy can anybody raise their hand and say i need a double dose of that (laughs) i need some strength and some energy energy to raise my kids energy to get up and go to work strength to face what's i'm facing financially strength to face uh you 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 did pretty good you got through thanksgiving now if you can get through christmas we'll launch into a brand new year and you'll make it with new strength and energy uh But in the Old Testament, here's some basics again. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew. It was the language of the Jewish people as they were writing. And so the word for refresh in Hebrew is ruach, R-U-A-C-H, ruach. It's the word that refers to God as breath, a wind, or a life force that sustains All living things, including humans. God is my life source. God breathed Ruach into Adam, and Adam became a human being. In context, to be refreshed means to revive or breathe life into. What is an example in the Old Testament? Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, verse 9. Should be on the screen. Then he said to me, God saying to Ezekiel, prophesy to the breath. Didn't say prophesy to the bones, it said prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live again. The message Bible says that they may breathe new life, that they may breathe life. In other words, Those that are slain, and I'm not 
looking at you and saying that you're dead people, but there are some things in your life that are that you're experiencing deadness in. And so we prophesy to the breath of God to refresh those areas of your life. How many would like a reset with their finances? How, how many need reset with your relationships? There's some relationships that need reset and refreshed. How many need a new job? You need a reset on your job or a brand new job that, be, that needs refreshed. We could go on and on and list things that we could begin to prophesy to the four winds and say, oh, breath, breathe into these areas in our life and refresh them anew and afresh. And that's exactly what I came to do today. I came to prophesy to you the word refresh. That you may regain strength and energy in your life. Some of you have faced uh, physical uh, situations in your life that you need strengthened and energy in. I know my daughter Mary has now spent six months recuperating and we're speaking refreshment into her life where she has new strength and new energy to continue to get stronger as she walks again. Matter of fact, she's walking on the stair stepper. She's walking on the treadmill. She does most of her walking without even a cane right now. Uh, does use a cane on certain distances, and if she goes out in public, she's using a walker so that nobody bumps into her. Uh, just using wisdom, she's been released to practice driving around the neighborhood. Praise God. But we're continuing to speak into pa Pastor Paul White's son, Lucas, had ACL surgery going into his junior year of baseball season. We're, we're speaking refreshment, new strength, and new energy. But not just for physical situations. Many are facing emotional trauma and mental anguish because of things. A lot of times that we've put ourselves into that have caused these mental and emotional upheaval. But not always. Sometimes it's because of the actions and reactions of other people. But the New Testament, the New Covenant is written in Greek. And the Greek word, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. It's on the screen, I believe, there. I see something about psycho in there. <laughs> but your psyche is involved. Okay, it, With this word, um, for refreshed in the Greek, it means to invigorate, to cool off, and to recover breath. That recover breath means especially when you've exerted yourself to the point. Have you ever walked up a flight of steps and just had to stop and recover your breath? I'm the only one. So. But that's what the Greek New Testament word, it means to recover. And Paul tells us that we were dead in our sins and trespasses, but then Jesus came along and he offered us refreshment. He offered us a breath of life. He offered us a brand new breath of life where the old things passed away and he made us a brand new creation with new breath in our lungs. He refreshed us. Colossians 1.11 says, We pray that you may be strengthened and invigorated or refreshed with all power according to His glorious might 
to attain every kind of endurance. Anybody want any endurance? we we got to endure through this life sometimes, don't we? But with great expectation and great hope and with great power as we face every battle and trial, I'm going to give you a scripture at the end that says he's winning victory over and over again in your life. And we do it with joy. So as I begin to hear the Lord in my spirit talk to me about this word refreshed, I begin to say, Lord, I need, I just need some personal examples. It's good. I like to go into the scripture and find examples of what the Lord is telling me that this is something that he has done and will continue to do. And he took me over to 1 Samuel. And I learned a lesson as I gleaned from the Holy Spirit here that we can be invigorated and refreshed through music. I mean, there are times in my life where I thought I wasn't going to be able to take another breath. I wasn't going to be able to sustain and get through the next day. I was so discouraged. I was so depressed. The situations and the circumstances of life were really weighing me down to the point that I was even thinking in my own mind that it would be better off as uh, the guy did, and I forget his name, and it's a wonderful life. It would be better if I wasn't even born. I, I'm, maybe I'm the only one that's ever felt that way. But you know what invigorated me and refreshed me was to turn on the radio and begin to hear songs from Toby Mike like, uh, it's going to be okay. You're going to make it through another day. Help is on the way. That's just one example. One of the hymns that always goes back, comes back through my mind is Jesus, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain, the sweetest name I know. And then my spirit would begin to, to get lifted. And then my emotions and my would calm down and my mind would begin to clear up. So in 1 Samuel 16, 23, it says, basically, I'm paraphrasing, when Saul was tormented and depressed and troubled and stressed out, David would take up the lyre and the heart and he would begin to play a melody before the Lord and then relief would come to Saul and he would feel better. That evil spirit would leave and he would be refreshed. So if he could do it with a harp and a shepherd plucking on the harp and the king would be refreshed, I'm a king's kid. And when I need refresh, sometimes it's good to just play a little tune, get some music out, and be invigorated, be refreshed, be renewed by the Spirit of God as He speaks to you through that music. That's why time and time again when we talk with people, whether they're physically ill in the hospital or, or they're at home stressed out, uh, broke, busted, and disgusted, put on some worship music. It will help you. It will invigorate you. It will encourage you in the Lord. Paul alludes to the fact that the epistle in the epistles that joining together with the saints can quicken and refresh in you. Coming together. That's why as a pastor my heart is to get people to fellowship, get together. Midweek dinners are one of the greatest times of fellowship that you can experience at Grace Life. I know schedules are busy. I know that it's difficult. But if you could get out, you would begin. Maybe you will make a relationship and a friendship with someone that you've never met before. You would encourage them. They would encourage you. You could exchange phone numbers. You could be a blessing to one another. And you can develop a brotherly love for one another that lifts and encourages. Because that's what we're called to do, to carry one another's burdens to strengthen one another and to bless one another 
And Paul tells us that joining together with brothers and sisters in Christ in fellowship can bring refreshing to the soul, the mind, and the body. Philemon 1, verse 7, Paul says, For we have great joy and comfort in your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you. The hearts of the saints, the brothers and sisters, the body of Christ, were refreshed when coming together with Philemon. And in one place, it says, he said, Paul says that Titus had received great encouragement when he showed up in the midst of the brothers and the sisters, and he needed encouraged. He was strengthened. This is not a season to resume. We're never going back to the way things used to be. It's not time for the church to resume. It's time for the church to reset. This is a season of refreshing and resetting. If, we, if you continue to do the same things that you've always done, you're going to con- continue to get the same results that you've always gotten. Let me say it this way. If you continue to think the same way that you've always thought, you're going to keep acting the same way that you've always acted. But over in Acts, the third chapter, (laughs) help me Holy Ghost, Peter preaches and shares that through repentance, times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. But here's the way that that's been preached. You need to repent. You low-down, filthy, rotten scoundrel. You're going straight to hell in a handbasket, and you need to repent of all your sins, and you've got to throw that hack and take a breath in there. Um, the word repent is a, just a very simple Greek word that means to change your mind. You've got to remember that on the day of Pentecost, Peter is talking to Jews. Jews that have come from all over the world to celebrate Passover, or Pentecost, I'm sorry. And as they're there, this is just 50 days after Christ has uh, rose from the grave and ascended into the heavens. And he begins to proclaim that if you will change your mind, and matter of fact, in verse 19, he says, and turn to, to God, because the things that you're turning to, and talking to Jews, you're turning to the law, you're turning to feast and observations, and none of those things will ever refresh you. Matter of fact, At the end of the law, all you're going to get is exhausted. Can you imagine? After every sin, you would have to go find you an offering to bring to the Lord, and you would have to sacrifice an offering of blood. Because in the Old Covenant, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So that's why Hebrews says that the priest stood daily at the altar making an atonement for sin. So the blood of that animal was only good enough to the next sin. You know what? I probably wouldn't make it out the door and I'd have to turn around and come back and offer another sacrifice. It's exhausting. Matter of fact, if you really want to keep the law to this day, one of the main things that you would have to do is keep a kosher diet. That would get expensive. You can't keep the law. It will exhaust you. Let's even throw the Jewish law out. You can't keep any of the the rules that any denomination will give you. Because about the time you think you're keeping them, they're going to change them on you. 
I mean, because they have headquarters has a, a conference every year where they discuss the doctrine, and it changes year to year. I don't know how the Bible's unchanging and he's unchanging, but we can change our doctrine every other year. Help me, Holy Ghost. But we need to repent so that times of refreshing will come. That repenting is changing the way that we think. You are one mind shift away from the kingdom of God operating in your life. You're one mind shift, one change away from the kingdom being activated and being real in your life. Guys, this is where I'm at in my journey when it comes to the kingdom of God. My prayer, my precious dear mother, saint of God that she is, is beyond the veil. She's in another dimension. She's in the land of the invisible. I can't see her right now, but she's living. Uh, I desire to go there, but not right now. I want to continue enjoying life. I've got a lot ahead of me. It gives me great hope and expectation that I can experience the kingdom of God in the here and now, and I don't have to wait till I get somewhere beyond the grave. When I began to get this fresh revelation, it refreshed my life. I repented of trying to keep all the rules and the regulations. I changed my mind about that stuff. That's not going to save me. It's only going to frustrate me. I turned away from that. I turned my back on that. And I turned my face to God who had already turned his face towards me. And when I began to, ex uh, to experience the freshness, the newness, that taking a deep breath, the weight of the world is not on me any longer. There's no guilt. There's no condemnation. There's really not even any frustration unless I get frustrated at you because you don't get the message yet. <laughs> but I'm going to keep preaching it. Because Psalm 34 verse 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. And I've been tasting of the goodness of God for about 12 years now, and it is delicious. It's refreshing. And last week when I was sharing about Thanksgiving, I have not been able to get out of Psalm 23, and I've been going back to Psalm 23, where the last week the Lord was showing me that in the presence of my enemies or my enemies, He prepares a table before me. What he began to show me was at that table was a feast. But all these years, I've been trying to fast. When I got in a battle, when I got in a situation, when the weight of the world was on me, I would turn to fasting and try to get God to change his mind about what he was doing in my life. When all this time he was saying to me, I'm preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemies so you can feast. Man, I went back to Psalm 23 this week, and in that, he took me over to the Song of Solomon. And in the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, this is, we'll, we'll get there and get, the, get over this real quick, but I find that if you will look at the Song of Solomon as a discussion, as a correspondence between Christ and the church, the Shumanite woman and her lover, You'll find out things like she says this in verse 3 of chapter 2. Like an apple tree among the trees of the woods, so is my beloved among the sons of men. Sitting under his grace shadow, I blossom in his shade, enjoying the sweet taste 
of his pleasant, delicious fruit, resting with delight where his glory never fades. Man, when the heat of the world and the sun will beat down on you, if you can find yourself under the tallest tree with the most shade, the shade of His grace, and you can begin to enjoy the fruits of that tree setting in its shade where the, it will never fade away. This is the Passion Translation. Let's continue to read verse 4. Suddenly, this is the Shumanite woman, this is the bride, this is us talking about Christ, our groom. Suddenly he transported me into his house of wine. He looked upon me with his unrelenting love divine. One translation says that he feasted his eyes. He, his eyes feasted off of my beauty. I sang this song growing up in children's church. He feeds me at his banquet eating table. His banner over me is love. The 12 tribes of Israel all lived under a tribal banner. Get a hold of this, saint of God, bride of Christ. You are under the tribal banner of His love. We walk under the tribal banner of His love and He has prepared a table before us and we are feasting off the fruits of His tree. Verse 5, then she says, Revive me with your raisin cakes. Refresh me again with your apples. Help me and hold me, for I am lovesick. Let's break that down real quick. Revive me or sustain me with your raisin cakes. This is a Hebrew phrase that means a goblet of wine. And all you Christians that are against wine, I'm just joking. Help me, Jesus. But in 2 Samuel, the 6th chapter, verse 19, King David gave raisin cakes to the entire nation of Israel in celebration of the Ark of the Covenant. What was reviving them? The presence of the Lord. The Ark of the Covenant was a symbol of the presence of the Lord. What revives or what sustains us, bride of Christ, is His presence. And He doesn't take His presence away from us when we're bad and then give it to us again when we're good. His presence is always with us. Can I get an amen? He will never leave us nor forsake us, so we are constantly revived, renewed, and sustained by the presence, the inner dwelling presence of the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. Hmm. In other words, the presence of the groom himself sustained the Shulamite woman, and in his presence, the Bible tells me, there is fullness of joy. Does it not? It goes on to tell me that the joy of the Lord is my strength. So if the presence of the Lord is always with me and in His presence is fullness of joy and His joy is my strength, I am revived and renewed and refreshed by the presence of the Lord that ever dwells within me. Somebody hold the muse, I'm about to shout. But then when He begins to manifest His presence, what invigoration comes from that? Then she says, refresh me again. One translation says, refresh my energy. It's almost like she was saying, recharge me. Breathe your breath into me fresh again. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Don't shout. Um, and Zeke, he's always, if he scores a touchdown, gets a first down, he's feeding me. That's what I feel like as a Shulamite woman. I'm telling Jesus, just feed me. Come on. I just want to stay in your presence and be fed, renewed, refreshed, sustained. He, here she's saying, refresh me again with your apples. 
the Passion Translation commentary says that these are the sweet promises of grace that sustain us. What are the sweet promises? Listen, grace is not one and, a one and done experience. It's not you get saved and then you never experience any more grace. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 that his grace was sufficient for everything that I face. In any circumstance, in all situations, his grace is sufficient, his favor towards me. It's the initial gift of his goodness for salvation, but it is a gift that keeps on going. Can I get a witness at Christmas time that it's the gift that keeps on going? It's not the Energizer Bunny. It's the grace of God that keeps on going and going and going. His favor that overshadows me is blessing him before me and behind me. It's a blessing beside me. It's a blessing that overtakes me. And it's not only a blessing for me, it's a blessing for my children and my children's children for a thousand generations. So go back with me real quick to the Song of Solomon. Frank, if you all would come and prepare. In a state of fainting, weak for love sickness, the Shulamite woman needs refreshed, revived. Her energy and strength needs renewed. Would you do me a favor? Actually, would you do yourself a favor? Close your eyes. Get into your imagination right now as I read this next scene. Would you try to picture this in your mind? Because it's really about you and Jesus. His left hand cradles your head. His right arm encircles your waist. His eyes are feasting on you. He's brought you to the house of wine. And there he's prepared a table before you, a feast marked with his banner of love for you. Hear the voice of the Lord now. He says, come away with me, my love. Come out of your seclusion. Come out of your stress. Come out of your worry, your anxiety, your depression. Let me see your face. Jeremiah 31, 25 The Lord God speaks to you and He says, I will refresh you. I am the giver of energy and strength to the weary, the worn out, and the frustrated. I'm making you to lie down in green pastures. I'm leading you by the quiet waters. I am restoring or refreshing your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. Often I know that life drains out of you through the many activities and situations and especially during this fast-paced season of the year. But I am restoring and refreshing your well-being. Would you get a hold of this? Just let this marinate in your spirit as I speak this word over you from Zephaniah, the third chapter, verse 17. Zephaniah says, the Lord your God wins victory after victory and is always with you. He celebrates and sings over you. And He will refresh your life with His love. Would you just lift your hands where you are right now as an antenna receiving the freshness, the newness, the reset of life from the love of the, the Savior right now. I love that as I speak it over you again. The Lord your God is winning victory after victory and is always with you. He celebrates and sings because of you and he will refresh 
your life and I speak and prophesy that he is refreshing your life and he's giving you new energy and strength now Holy Spirit as you begin to move amongst your children even those that are at home and listening if you would just prepare your hearts and mind to receive invite Holy Spirit in right now he's already in there but invite him to begin to refresh you and renew you I believe someone needs strengthened, invigorated in the limbs. If you need invigorated in the limbs, your legs, your arms, your extremities, would you just lift your hand and let us speak? Yes, yes, we speak invigoration, life, refreshness. New energy and strength into the limbs, to the extremities, the arms and the legs. Take away arthritis in the name of Jesus. Restore health to the bones, to the ligaments, to the tendons, to the muscles. Refresh and renew. Would you help me pray? Would you just speak life now as we pray for these in the limbs? If you're at home and that word is for you, would you reach out and claim it? If you know someone, a loved one, a father, mother, sibling, that needs strength in the extremities, would you just begin to speak life over them right now in the limbs? Clearness of mind, Holy Spirit, clearness of mind. Begin to take out cobwebs and confusion in the muddy water. Refresh the mind. Yes, Lord. Refresh the mind. Fresh thinking. Entrepreneurial ideas, creativity, spark and invigorate right now. Refresh in the mind. Begin to think clearly about decisions that need to be made, about direction in life, but even fresh and new ideas to create and to motivate and to move forward. I speak creativity into the body of Christ. Mm, yes, he's moving. Give, may the Lord give you creative ideas for your business, creative ideas for parenting, creative ideas for workplace knowledge, uh, creative ideas for promotion, creative ideas for government. Create, come on, somebody help me. Creative ideas for the path that should be taken in your uh, direction for your uh, ailing loved ones and elderly. Creative ideas, Jesus. We spark and refresh and ignite through the Spirit today a refreshing and a newness of mind as we think and are creative in our imagination. Ah. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think, ask, or even imagine. Ah. Unto him be glory and power and dominion because he turns around and gives it to you. You have all power, all authority and dominion in the earth I feel the presence of the Lord strong this morning as he's refreshing and renewing now Jesus send your word and go into hospitals and nursing homes and 
begin to live. Yeah, there, help me with that. Thank you. Yes. Yes, Lord. We speak life over every sick body. Every COVID diagnosis is destroyed in Jesus' name. All signs and symptoms are ceasing. Lungs are being refreshed and cleared up today. People are raising up off of sick beds and the beds of affliction to give a testimony to the goodness of God and to the glory of His story in their life. Refreshed and renewed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus, every church house begin to refresh and renew with fresh thinking, fresh revelation, fresh revelation. Holy Spirit, move with the power of reformation in the thinking of your pastors in Western culture. May their minds begin to shift and be renewed with a freshness and an outpouring of your spirit to change. Mm the way that they think to be more complete in their thinking fresh revelation of the goodness of God fresh revelation of who God the Father is as we see Jesus Christ may the fivefold ministry be refreshed in the body of Christ the apostles and the prophets the evangelists the pastors and the teachers bring a refreshing and a newness just jump in there and pray wherever you want freshness or newness you need a refreshing just begin he's pouring out his spirit of love and under that banner of love your life is being refreshed he's preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemy you don't have to go on a hunger strike he is you can feast at the table of the lord and be refreshed this morning with the apples of his promises of grace and by the uh, raisin cakes the goblet of wine of his spirit that he's pouring out afresh and anew baptize us afresh with liquid love you can stand if you want to hallelujah hallelujah Jesus 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 hallelujah everyone stand on your feet if you would and you can any word on anybody's heart this morning 